episode 29 of the Pilot to Pilot podcast takes off now. What is going on, Aviation Nation, and welcome back to the Pilot to Pilot podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm your host. Today, I am talking with Steve from his Instagram page, AZ Trooper. You guys have pretty much spammed my inbox for last month to have me do this episode, and it took us a while with our schedules, as aviation normally does, but we finally got it done. I interviewed Steve a couple weeks ago, and today is the day that we are sharing it. It is just so crazy to think that he went from being a regional pilot at 20 to furloughed at 22 to state trooper and then he went to becoming a virgin america pilot and all in a very short amount of time and it's just crazy to think that that is someone's journey in this career and just how you never know what can happen you always have to have kind of a plan b thinking of what you could do if aviation doesn't work out or if your dream job doesn't work out because as we talked about before there are many many times where your plan for your career just does not work out and steve's kind of path is kind of one of those being furloughed is something that he didn't plan on but he made the best of it he made the best of a terrible situation and now he is probably flying his dream job and for a company that he would love to fly for guys some of the other things that we talked about in this episode are how steve started training when he was just 12 years old how he was able to solo on his 16th birthday why steve chose the airlines over a four-year degree and we go into specific detail about how steve went from regional pilot being furloughed to state trooper and then back to an airline pilot. It is just a crazy story and just one that I'm very excited to tell. Aviation, I have great news. We are over 110 reviews on iTunes. That is incredible. We started this podcast in February, didn't start doing weekly uploads until probably say July. So pretty much from July till now, we've gotten 110 reviews. The Aviation is strong. We are one supporter away from our Patreon goal. We need 30 supporters to reach our goal for 2017. Our other goal is 10,000 followers on Instagram. That one's probably gonna be a little harder to get, but I think we can get close. Don't forget, if you sign up for our Patreon supporter, you will be automatically entered to win a four flight subscription, a fly to subscription, and some fly to swag. So don't forget about that. I'm also starting a new segment on the podcast. It's called Dope Aviation Gear. I'll probably change the name later down the line, see if I like it or not. But my first one today is the GoPro Hero 5. If you guys follow me on Instagram, at Pilots Pilot, you know how much I love this thing. You know that I've just been taking some really cool pictures and just, I just love documenting what I do in a day. And I like making little videos and I like taking pictures of whether I'm flying at night over Chicago, New York, or even Laredo in Mexico and all those places, just cool to document. I highly recommend getting a GoPro. Use it safely. Don't take pictures when you're landing. Don't always be on the GoPro. Set it to the side, let it do its thing, and then go through it after the flight. And last but not least, if you do love the podcast, let me know. Send me an email, pilotthepilothq at gmail.com. Leave us a review. Support us on Patreon. Do whatever you want to do. Share with your friends, non-aviation friends, anyone. Help get them into aviation. Aviation, without further ado, here's AZ Trooper. What's going on, Steve? Thanks for coming on the Pilot to Pilot podcast. Hey, buddy, what's happening? I appreciate you having me on, man. It's an no, honor. No problem. I've had a lot of people request to have you on, believe it or not, so I'm glad we can make this happen. Yeah, I don't know why there's nothing special here, but I just, like I said, I appreciate you having me on, and I, I, it's really a, a true honor to be on your podcast because I've been listening to you for, for quite a while now. So. I appreciate it, man. That means a lot. The first question I ask everyone, and then I'll ask you the same question is, why aviation? What got you into flying? Oh, man, I started... It's one of those things, and I keep hearing it from guys in the in the previous podcast. I I listened to just got finished listening to Chris's, and that was awesome. Like flight simulators. Um, born and raised in South Georgia, um, started flying on you know Microsoft Flight Simulator '95. It was 
whatever that that date was I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. been a bunch of them um um parents used to see me you know i'd come home and if i if i did something bad or if i got a like a bad grade or something they would take away flight simulator That's oh hilarious. man you know okay so they would they would put this plug on the computer and it was actually had a key on the power cord so you could basically lock out you couldn't even plug the computer in so like that was how they grounded me from flight sim. <laughs> um, you come home and see it unplugged and you know you've done something wrong you're like oh no right <laughs> exactly so um anyway so my dad uh I, I give all the credit in the world um to where i'm at today because of my parents because they are incredible people um they live up in prescott arizona now so um if it wasn't for them i would have never had the opportunities um that i had and i probably really wouldn't be talking to you right now which is kind of cool so um when I was nine in South Georgia, my dad, I think it was like 50 or 60 bucks back then. This was in 19, yeah, 1995 or 96. He's like, hey, let's go to the airport. Do you want to buy a flight or do you want a lesson? And I say, wait, what? So he's, <laughs> yeah, he was serious. So go out to the airport in South Georgia, airport of uh, Valdosta, which you hear guys get cleared direct today all the time. So we literally go to the flight school and I sat on three phone books to, to see over the dashboard of the Cessna 172. And back then, I forget how tall I was, but now it's, you know, now I'm um, six foot six. And it's kind of like, you know, to think of I was sitting on phone books back then to see over the glare shield of a 172 <laughs> was pretty, pretty cool. But yeah, um, so I got the, I got the bug young, um, started flying when I was actually like formal training when I was 12 um, in Southern California, uh, out at Corona and then uh, Cable Airport, Bracket, Runway 37 back when that existed. I think it's gone now, but um, did the whole solo 16th birthday. Um, I turned 16 on 10, about 10, 47 a.m. And I went and got my third class medical and student pilot certificate at 11 a.m. Dedication right there. Yeah. Um, again, it's just, I give all the credit to my parents, man. I really, I mean, we, we never, like, we grew up with very, very modest household, modest living. Like, they didn't have money. And the extra money that they did have, they all put to my flight training, which was super cool. Um, did that. And then uh, commercial multi-engine instrument. Uh, when I was 19 um, through uh, ATP. I did all ATPs, did that real quick. And then I went to the airlines when I was 20. Um, so I was one of the guys that chose the airline seniority number over the four-year degree. Right. Um, which, like, you know, some guys are like, well, yeah, you got to go to school. Other guys are like, well, no, you did the right thing, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I, you know, it's, I did a year um, down at Riddle in Daytona. And I saw the price tag on it. It was like $38,000 plus flying or whatever that was down there. That's crazy. And I said, well, I had the hours um, for the airlines at the time. And it's like, okay, I could either do this, come out with, you know, $180,000 in debt or go to the regionals. Because they were hiring guys at 19 years old. So I applied with ExpressJet. Um, I got on with 520 hours total time and... 120 some multi that's crazy I mean, at, at 20 years old that's awesome i looked back on that and i said i i don't know why they hired me like i wouldn't have hired me <laughs> um i knew almost nothing about professional flying i literally was yeah i look back i even look back at pictures and i say yeah that guy's kind of a you know kind of a kind of a weirdo but um <laughs> anyway so when i was 22 um got furloughed got laid off 347 pilots lost their jobs on September 28th of 08. And it was one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. Um, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. Um, There's a lot of guys that I've heard stories of, you know, 
uh, back in the day, guys getting laid off and, and it's just, it's, it's the worst thing. And basically did that, um, moved back home with mom and dad in the Bay area is where they were living. <clears throat> I happened to got super lucky and was in the right place at the right time and got a, a position with a, a, basically a NASA subcontractor on Moffett field. Oh, cool. Started doing that. And we actually worked on the, uh, next gen air traffic control system before it was implemented. Cause it's in, it's in operation today. But that program is what we worked on um, up in uh, up at Moffat Field, which is really cool. So it was pretty awesome to be a part of that. And then I got uh, hired on with a cargo company still to make ends meet and um, did that for four months. And then with the typical freight dog stuff that you know of, I had a had <laughs> quite a few. Life. Yeah, I had quite a few three emergencies in four months that were all later um, investigated by the company to be mechanical failures. Oh wow! Do you want to? Um, what were the emergencies? Well, one one actually was carbon monoxide in the cockpit right after he took off. Oh wow! Did you have an indicator in the plane? Is that how you, like you knew that was happening from that, or what gave it away? Yeah. So back in the day, we had these things called flight guides, which you probably remember, but these little books with the with the pages and the tabs for all the different airports. Yeah. Um, on the top of the flight guide, I had super glued one of those carbon monoxide little dots that goes from orange to black. Right. And I start feeling kind of loopy, like, you know, just, just the kind of almost a sense of euphoria. Oh, wow. I look down at this thing and it's, it's pitch black. Like it's middle of wintertime, time out of Oakland, IFR, you know, IMC in the marine layer. And so I look at my co-pilot and he was a, he was a really, really cool Asian guy from, uh, from Korea. He's now a, a major airline pilot for overseas. But nice. um, back then he looks at me, he's the captain. He says, I don't feel well. Oh man. So turn off the heater, open the windows, you know, declare the emergency and go back and land. And then the other one, um, my worst one was a partial panel into Madera, California. Yeah. In is in a Piper chief. And um, I had a full electrical failure and I had to shoot the uh, GPS approach with a, a handheld 496. Oh, wow. <laughs> And which wasn't even IFR approved, but yeah. yeah, and that was and like literally my my attitude indicator was was spinning, and I had oh, to wow. I had to shoot like I had to look at the co-pilot's attitude indicator to, to see which way it was up. That's crazy. Um, so we we got that thing into into uh, Madeira, and yeah, it's like this isn't worth it. I was making like thirteen dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Yeah, not worth it at all. It's like uh, yeah, but, I have three emergencies. I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I I parked the airplane or I finished the run and started looking for other things and then so basically fast forward when i'm 24 i get my job back at express jet so how long was the time between when you got furloughed until they called you back oh man um when i got furloughed the september 28th of, of 2008 to when i came back was 2010 i want to say because i because it was like yeah so two years ish did they just not hire anyone in between that time where they just saw where they did they keep furloughing guys or was it just your group got furloughed and that was it there were 347 of us that lost our jobs and I mean, dudes that were, you know, relatively new on the seniority list, like we were all brand new right. and here we are like with our first airline furlough and it's like, really what's, you know, how is this possible? So right. all we wanted to do were get into the airlines at, you know, low time and just, you know, hope for the best, but it's all about timing as we all know in this industry. It is the most cyclical um, in- industry there is. Yeah, man. And that's the thing. It's just, but you know, staying positive, which is like, that's why, like even my worst enemy, like I said, I don't want anybody to get furloughed. Um, because it's just, it was the worst time of my life. But, um, anyway, so fast forward, get the job back. Um, I was based in, I mean, I was based all over the country. I started off in Cleveland and Chicago and then Denver for a short time. I was making, you know, um, back then it was pretty crappy money and, 
I said, well, I need, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm living in San Jose. I'm commuting to Chicago on 30 grand a year in the right seat. They're starting to park airplanes. You know, my seniority number is kind of dropping, you know, the majors aren't hiring. I don't have a degree, which is kind of the biggest thing that held me back is not having a college degree. Held you back from the majors, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, what, what can I do to, to remedy this? I need to, I need something for the resume. I was doing the volunteer stuff. I was, you know, helping people out, and, you know, as, as best I could. So one of my buddies is a uh, Arizona Highway Patrol is a state trooper um, up in Flagstaff. And he says, hey, comes to me. He's like, yeah, um, you know, we're hiring officers. I said, okay, what, what does that mean for me? <laughs> Why are you telling me this? <laughs> yeah, because you should apply. I said, well, they're not going to hire me, you know, so whatever. So I put in an application. I get a call from uh, from the HR at the Highway Patrol, and they say, hey, yeah, you know, we uh, we want to bring you down for some testing. I said, okay, you know, here we are. So I jump seat, you know, over to Phoenix and, you know, buy the hotel room, buy the rental car. So I start, you know, doing the interview, and they say, well, yeah, you're an airline pilot. You know, what do you want? Why do you want to be a cop? Like, well, like, do you know uh, how much I get paid right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, airline pilots, are, you know, we're not, we're nothing special. We're just people with, you know, with jobs and a lot of responsibility. But right. you know, aside from that, I, I'm interested in law enforcement. Have you always been interested in law enforcement? Was this like a, a spur of the moment deal or did your buddy always know that you had a, an inkling for law enforcement? It, it was actually, you hit the nail on both heads. Um, basically, um, I had a, my mom's only sister um, was actually a detective sergeant for the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office. And she actually passed away. Um, when she was 39 years old with from cancer mm-hmm. and, um, she was a, a victim's advocate, you know, for, for domestic violence victims. And she was very highly decorated, very highly decorated, uh, sheriff's deputy in South Georgia. Um, that really got my interest in law enforcement, you know, back in the day, Yeah, but I thought about pursuing it as a career. So <clears throat> anyway, so we're doing the testing and, and everything else. And there were 450 of us in our testing group for, for the highway patrol class. And I think they hired like 35 or 40 of us. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was, again, it's, you know, everybody, you know, we all asked each other, Hey, where you know, where'd you come from? I kept my mouth shut. I didn't really think it was that <laughs> big of a deal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, uh, again, it's, I'm, you know, I'm nobody special, but, um, so they, you know, they, Oh my God, airline pilot, whatever. So are you going to, you going to go fly for the highway patrol? Well, no, I want to work the road. You know, yeah. I don't want to be a pilot for the highway patrol. I want to work the road and chase bad guys. So we go through academy, you know, the, the uh, 21 week basic academy and there's a 12 week back then, um, state trooper academy where they just teach you, you know, higher speed driving stuff, rifle calls and you name it. So start off working the road in, uh, in Casa Grande, Arizona, basically middle of nowhere, like not really remote duty, but it's just like, it's a place where really no one wants to go. Nobody wants to live. <laughs> yeah. Not even the bad guys. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Well, we had, uh, we had a prison down there, the foreign state penitentiary. So we had a lot of the. A lot of the families of the inmates would live down there, which, you know, was kind of created its own little problems in and right. of itself in the neighborhoods and stuff. But um, I knew I wanted to get back into flying. I just didn't know how or when. Because so when, it, you, you know, when you made the jump to being a trooper, did you have you had the intent of getting back into aviation or was this were you fully ready to say goodbye to flying and just become a state patroller? No, I, I knew I wanted to get back into flying. Okay. I Flying is in my blood and it's in my heart and right. it's, it's, it's the thing that I love to do. And it's, you know, um, it's one of those things where, you know, I, we're just like, we all know everybody listening, your listeners are all pilots and stuff. So right. it's like that, but, you know, yeah, once you get the bug, but, it's hard to do anything else. <laughs> exactly. So I knew I wanted to get back into 121, but now I just needed to formulate a plan as to how this is actually going to, to procreate itself. So, um, basically working the road and then i was looking for flying jobs as i was a full-time cop so i was still current at the time 
you know, I'd go rent whatever small planes, you know, small airports, just, you know, three and three, do your, do your stuff and stay current. And this position to open up down at uh, flying skydivers in a short sky van, SP seven little, you know, flying motorhome looking thing with wings on it. <laughs> and I mean, it, it looks too ugly to fly, but it, it was actually a really good airplane. Yeah. Well, our door, um, our door in the back was basically identical to a C one hundred and thirty. Okay, that's kind of so, cool. Um, U.S. military and foreign military um, operators and different groups around the world would actually fly to Eloy to come and jump out of these airplanes. To kind of prepare for a C-130 jump? Is that what they would do? Well, it was cheaper. It was cheaper to rent our airplanes for whatever their hourly hourly rate was than it was to, say, the Navy to come rent the Air Force's C-130 for, you know, two weeks. Okay, cool. So... And then they'd so let they let civilian pilots fly and do the the, the pseudo missions. Exactly. Yeah. So they would give us like, you know, we had to do our own jump lights, our wind corrections. You know, each group wanted different lights. Um, they had lat longs, you know, for the spot, the coordinates, the airspeed, ground. Some guys want a ground speed instead of indicated. And then they want a different altitude. And you have to be like, you have to time it. You want to be efficient. You don't want to be behind the curve. Right. That's you a lot of pressure for a civilian pilot to do, especially one that's probably... Most people that fly skydivers are just in it for the the hours, so adding on a bunch of responsibility like that's kind of cool. Right? Yeah. No, it was it was a heck of a job. But so I did that, and it's cool because my first patrol beat area was actually in the same in the same area that I was flying jumpers at. So I would go down there on duty, you know, in my patrol car, and just go down to the drop zone and hang out if we were quiet. You know, no calls were, you know. So, you know, here we are, like, you know, this guy's, you know, I got stories from traffic stops i used to you know work on i-10 and stuff and pulling guys over for speed do you have a favorite story from your traffic stuff that you want to you, know, you want to share a quick one or anything um, <laughs> that you can legally share yeah i have to think about that yeah. um <laughs> i want to kind of tie it into into flying though actually yeah so i pulled over a guy um one of the branches of our military i'm not going to go into he's a special operations guy but super cool so i, yeah. I stopped him for 95 and a 75 okay um headed eastbound so just south of castle grand headed towards the drop zone so eastbound i-10 yeah. you know, basically to, to zoom out was kind of halfway between phoenix and tucson okay so anyway so i stop him for the speed and i walk up to the passenger window dude's all tatted up i mean full sleeves tats on his knuckles you know intimidating looking guy and he's in a rental car which is an indicator you know okay it's, you know he's from not from around there whatever mm. So I said, hey, my name is Trooper Boyd, Arizona Highway Patrol. Hey, I stopped you for your speed. I said, see your license and the uh, rental agreement for the car. I said, hey, sir, do you mind if I ask you a question? He says, absolutely. He says, or I asked him, I said, um, are you uh, are you U.S. military? He says, yes, sir. I said, okay. I said, you know, I asked him if he's a certain branch, and he says, yes, sir. I said, okay. I said, I got one more question for you. I said, are you jumping tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. With your, with your group of guys? And he looks at me, like, you know, during the traffic stop, he looks at me and he says, yes, sir, I am. I said, okay. <laughs> Do me a favor, please slow down. I'll, I'm going to be your pilot tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and sure enough, I let him go with a warning. Obviously, I, a lot of respect for our military. I, you know, don't ever write those guys tickets. But right. um, so I let him go with a warning. Sure enough, you know his his unnamed group is out there. There's nine of them, good to go, and I'm the pilot the next morning flying them. What did he say to you the next morning? He actually told me he's like, dude, he's like, I didn't think you were serious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that is he probably loved you oh my gosh that's awesome yeah no it was it was awesome and those guys and and the stories that well i, I can't really talk about a lot of the things that they told me about but right definitely um, not the, the stories that those guys have told me let's just say they are they are our country's elite operations groups i mean they are incredible guys and i have so much respect for them that's really cool uh, well it's awesome so, 
basically did that. So that was turbine PAC because the you know the Skyvan is the you know the the max growth you know max growth takeoff weight of twelve four ninety nine. Hint hint. Yeah. So it's obviously single pilot, but um, anyway, so I did that for just to stay current, and then um, so this is this is where um, it kind of goes back into the whole Instagram thing. So when I was a trooper, I would post you know pictures every once in a while, you know just you know just from the road, and this was before the whole stories thing came out, you know the twenty four hour disappearing stuff on there, and I used to follow, um, well actually I still do follow. Um, this one, uh, this one flight attendant buddy of mine, his name is Lewis and he's probably going to end up listening to this, but he, <laughs> what's up Lewis? He, yeah. Right? <laughs> he's an amazing guy. Um, he hits me up on the, on the Instagram one time and he's like, Hey man, he's like, we're hiring pilots. You should apply. I said, well, they're, you know, they're not going to want me. There's nothing special about me. I'm just, I'm a road cop out here. And, you know, yeah, I'm current, but what do they, what do they want to see? They want to see, you know, current regional guys, you know, current, you know, guys from military, stuff like that. He's like, no, just just apply. Trust me. I said, okay. So I trusted him. <laughs> All right, I dude. So a month later, um, I had transferred up to, to East Phoenix, working Metro East at the time, and I was running lights and siren, and got a call from my from the 650 area code, and I said, oh man, <laughs> we're not supposed to be on our phones, you know, with the with the highway patrol, especially when we're running lights and siren. But I was like, ooh, I have to answer. This. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like slope down in your seat, like hello. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it was, the traffic was lighter or whatever. So, um, so I answered the phone and, and she, you know, it's so-and-so from, from Virgin America. Hey, we'd like to offer you an interview. And she says, by the way, what's that siren noise in the back? <laughs> are you getting pulled over? Oh, yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, that's exactly what she thought. She's like, how fast are you going? Whatever. And yeah. I, so I turned off the siren. I said, Hey, let me call you back. This is what I'm doing right now. So I, you know, we, it was like a five vehicle crash on the 60, um, two vehicles on the roof, you know, that we had the whole highway blocked. Um, so we, and thankfully nobody got hurt. So we cleared the, cleared the, you know, cleared the incident, you know, got the highway back open again. Um, <laughs> I called her back and I said, Hey, listen, this is what was going on. This is, you know, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm a cop. I'm legit. I promise I'm not in jail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't just install this speaker on my personal car, you know, right? yeah. or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. But, um, anyway, so she's like, yeah, I'd like to offer an interview. So I said, you know, I would love to, you know, absolutely love to. And I said, when do you want me there? She says next week. How many hours did you have with all this? Oh man, um, I was on the lower side of things, honestly. Um, I got hired at Virgin with forty one hundred, I want to say. Okay, nice. Yeah, so I mean, it's it, it when it comes, you know, for like you know the big jets and stuff. That's you know that's kind of lower time. You know, right. I didn't like I didn't again no college degree. You know, ATP and and with a RJ type rating, which is what everybody else has. Right. I didn't think I was that competitive. So um, I go to the interview and they told us, they're like, if you wear a tie to this interview, to this pilot interview, we will cut it off with a pair of scissors. Oh, the virgin lifestyle. I love it. Right? <laughs> so this is back before Alaska ever even existed. This, yeah. wasn't, a, you know, this wasn't even a thought yet. But um, so I was like, okay, so you show up in like, you know, super business attire with a sport coat and just, you know, looking good, your hair's on point, you know, all that stuff. You go to the interview, there was, I think there was 11 of us, I mean, everything, military, you know, former 135 guys and corporate, corporate, regional, 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 all these captains and stuff, guys I used to fly with, you know, guys I look up to and stuff. Yeah. And, and here you are flying jumpers and stuff. Here I was, right. So I was the last one to, uh, you know, because it was like there were, you know, there were 11 of us sitting around a, a long deck and they just went down the line. Oh, wow. And, you know, He's like, you know, we introduced each other, and, you know, hey, you know, GoJet captain or SkyWest captain or, 
you know, Learjet captain, like captain, captain, captain. I'm like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> I look down and I say, Arizona State Trooper. That's awesome. And every single person in that room looked at me and they looked at me and they, and, and then the, uh, the interviewer was like, were you flying for the highway patrol? I said, no, sir. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, was in a, I, was in a, I was in a blue and white, you know, a Ford uh, Explorer getting into high speed pursuits every week. And they kind of look at me, you know, whatever. So anyway, so we, we talked and, you know, they had our resumes and stuff in front of them. And the funny thing with the, about the interview is it's such a relaxed interview in a great environment. It was a really a cool experience. But the, the last question is they asked us, they're like, you know, Hey, do you have any DUIs? And you know, just for, as a formality, they have to ask us all that. Right. So, and I was the last one. So no, 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 all the way. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. All the way down. So they get to me and I look at them right in the eye. I said, yes, sir. I do. And this is the chief pilot I was talking to, like yeah. super cool guy. And he looks at me and he says, well, how many DUIs do you have? I said, sir, I said, I have 17 DUIs. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at me and the HR looks at me, the, the HR nice lady looks at me. And she says, how are you here? And I said, well, ma'am, I said, I, you know, I've arrested 17 people for DUI just in the last like two months. That's hilarious. <laughs> They're like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. So they laughed or whatever. And then, then we had the one-on-one interview and it was all they wanted to know were basically cop stories. Oh, really? That's awesome. <laughs> and I mean, they're like, you know, hey, tell me about a time when I was like, well, you know, this is my most current, you know, previous employer. Can I tell you about a time, you know, in law enforcement that, that I can relate to this exact question that you just asked? Is that is that OK? They're like, yeah, absolutely. So that's what we did. So um, great experience to interview. It was, you know, just an awesome. I knew like I knew I wanted to be a part of this team, um, you know, whether I got the job or not. And if I didn't get the job, I would have just gone back to working the road full time. Right. That's cool. And um, so, yeah, like a few weeks later, they they call us up and, and they say, hey, we'd like to make you a conditional offer of employment. And I said, absolutely. So one of the worst things in my life was leading law enforcement. I absolutely loved the job. It was one of the coolest jobs I've ever had. Yeah. And to just to be able to have that opportunity and the training and the academy and the, the brothers and the camaraderie and everything that is out there in police work, minus the politics um, is, is incredible. And I will, I will forever, that's what I say, bleed blue is kind of what that means. Like, you know, you, you're blue at heart, you support law enforcement, you support our first responders and our military, right. um, firemen too, same thing. They're all up there with, in the respect category, but leaving that job because my sergeant had to come to my house, he had to take my patrol car, oh, he had man. to take my bed, like, cause we took home our cars. So they, yeah. I mean, it was ours. Everything was ours. We were issued the, all the gear. Took the patrol car, took the rifle, took, I mean, everything that I was issued, he had to take possession of, and I turned in my badge. Man. And it was honestly, like, you know, going going hard, you know, for 40 hours a week, from the time that you're 10-8 on duty to the time that you're 10-7 off duty, it, it, it's just a love. I have a passion for, for being a police officer, and it was the coolest thing, and I love people, but it was, it was heartbreaking when he took everything, basically stripped me of, I mean, I knew what I had to look forward to, but it was one of those things where, you know, what do I do now? It was, it was really like a helpless feeling, you know? Right. And, um, so I go to, so I go basically go to San Francisco and a new chapter opened, a new, a new beginning was, was there. And again, like, you know, we all, and all your listeners and everybody, we all talk about, it's the people and the people at Virgin America made the airline. And it was, it was the coolest experience. Training was incredible. The friends who we still talk to this day, 
you know, I finally got to meet the flight attendant that, that actually helped get me hired. I give him all the credit. That's awesome. Uh, got to meet him for the first time. Yeah, we had we had known each other for like a year and a half just on Instagram, and we finally got to meet for the first time. And you know, I gave him a big hug and I said, "Dude, I really appreciate everything that you did." And anyways, but yeah, that's and then you know started I or you know did trading and went to IOE and fast forward and here we are. <laughs> Perfect, man. The only interaction or kind of exposure I've ever had to Virgin. I'm an East Coast guy from Charlotte, North Carolina. My dad flew for. Piedmont, then US Air, US Airways, an American. So if anyone's been to Charlotte Airport, they know that it's 99.999% American Airlines and very few other air, air, or, uh, airlines. So I've never really seen Virgin, but the first time I ever had any exposure to them was I was flying my freight job. I was in Kansas City dropping freight, and I guess the winds were way too strong for the 320 or 321 to make it from New York to San Francisco, and they had to oh. stop in Kansas City to get fuel. And I think the the FBO they had to go to the FBO at Signature. And if anyone's been to the FBO at Signature, it's a really really tiny ramp, so parking an Airbus there really takes up a lot of space and they were there for over three hours or something they wouldn't let any of them get off the plane just for tsa reasons they'd have to get more people out there for that so it was a huge debacle so probably the credit card the credit card wouldn't work or something (laughs) yeah richard branson was out buying another house and used the company credit card (laughs) instead of the personal one yeah and then the other one is um i interviewed justin who is a carlsbad pilot from instagram or he was until he deleted it but he was talking to me about how he got hired on at virgin america and he was talking, when he was getting hired, it was after Alaska already bought them. And he said that when he was doing an interview, he had two people from Virgin, two people from Alaska. And the Alaska people were all in suits and ties. And the Virgins were wearing like Hawaiian shirts. And I guess I should have right. said Virgin. The Virgin America crew was <laughs> was wearing Hawaiian yeah. shirts and shorts and like flip-flops. And it was like just the two yeah. differences between the two cultures was incredible. Oh, absolutely. No, Charlotte. I mean, I've been in the Charlotte probably 30 or 40 times with the regionals. And, and I remember the old ramp control and they would yell at you. If you, if you go to the wrong spot or yeah. if you turn on the wrong frequency, yeah, it's like Charlotte's not the easiest airport to get around from from taxing. From what I've heard, I've been there on the with the freight, but I didn't have to go to the ramp or anything. But if you've if anyone's been to that ramp recently, especially the the regional side, it's a hot mess. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, Justin, like I said, it was it was he's a hell of a guy. Um, Instagram again brought us together, and he I have I don't I have never laughed as much is talking to him it's just <laughs> incredible i mean he there's always smiles always a positive attitude you know just everybody you know just a, an all-around great guy to be around and For sure you know i just saw him what day before yesterday at the the known crew member access point you know how we go to where you know, get checked in and right. you know, with our badges and stuff so we we talked and um just like i said a very very classy guy and and he's got a lot of stuff with his you know with his uh his low-level fishing stuff or his, <laughs> that was wild fishing. yeah yeah no, yeah. that was that was super cool. But um, no, there's just you know, the, and the thing is with Virgin, they hire them based on their personality. You right. know, they they know they can train anybody to fly an Airbus. I mean, right. the Airbus is a great airplane to fly, but it's 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 naturally it just kind of once you get it, you get it. Right. You know, and it, it kind of makes you a lazy pilot. It's a great airplane, but you know they they want to make sure that if the guy that they hire can sit next to you for four or five days. Right. Yeah, that's, what I, was, that's right. what I was told when I interviewed um, Stabilizer Motion. He was talking about how the um, the Airbus makes a really good pilot, an average pilot, and a really bad pilot, an average pilot. It's just just what the Airbus <laughs> does. Yeah. yeah, talk about another funny guy. I've never yeah. had the I haven't had the opportunity to meet him, but yeah, he's a he's he always man. He's just very very funny. Good dude. Yeah, he is. That's for sure. But 
Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been one of those things where, um, I mean, I could kind of talk on the culture if you'd like a little bit, like about the two airlines and cause I was their pre-merger. Yeah. What's, uh, what's but, been the difference since Alaska has bought them? What, like, have you, have you noticed things have been changing? Are they kind of leaving Virgin America alone and letting them still have their kind of the culture that they had before? Or are they trying to change them into what Alaska was? Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a combination of all of it. Um, yeah. we were told that it's going to be a really easy merger and easy transition um, during says, our, right? they call momentum. Yeah. yeah. So, um, nothing, nothing bad to say about them, but it's, it's just not what they basically said it was going to be. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's kind of funny that, you know, Alaska, that there's a running joke in the industry and it's, it's like the, you know, Virgin America brand is like the little 18 year old, you know, little right. sister who's really attractive and kind of, you know, really outgoing and stuff. And, right. you know, the Alaska, the Alaska brand is like, you know, the 75 year old grandma and you're <laughs> trying to move the sister into grandma's house. Yeah. You're, well, you're going to have some growing pains and, yeah. and that's the thing. And, you know, Alaska has got a, you know, very good reputation, good, you know, longstanding, you know, 85 year, you know, history Definitely. and stuff. But, you know, Virgin, the Virgin brand and the Virgin product has, exceeded um since we've opened our doors in what oh seven so it's one of those things where he had a great product and you can listen to richard branson talk and and it's just uh we had a niche of our of our passengers we call them guests so we had a niche of the guests that you know they had they basically came to expect certain things from the brand that alaska can't offer or has never offered in in the past right so, but which is, I mean, that's the, on the flip side, that's the thing. So they're, they're, what they're doing is they're kind of incorporating, um, you know, certain things about the Virgin brand into the Alaska brand and, and stuff. So, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm confident. You know, I just, I, like I said, I really enjoy my job and, and whether it's a 737 or an Airbus that we're flying, you know, each airplane has good things. You know, there's seven, three lovers, there's Airbus lovers and each airplane has its pros and cons. And basically I'll just, you know, I'll do what, what I'm paid to do and I'll do it, you know, safely and, and try to have for as sure, much fun as right? you can. Yeah. You're, you're flying for a major airline. So <laughs> whatever yeah. Alaska says goes, right. It's not like you're going to leave. Pretty much. No, yeah. no, I don't have, no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy here just kind of to see what happens. And, and uh, like I said, we're all staying positive and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, some guys, you know, are kind of ruffled, you know, some guys are happy, some guys, you know, it depends. And like I said, everybody has their own opinions and, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and, and, we're just we're just hoping that it's all going to work out in the end. Definitely, yeah. I mean, mergers are never <laughs> never easy. Someone always gets yeah. the, the bad end of the merger. My dad's been through a ton of mergers. I mean, you can just look at the United Continental merger or just recently American and U.S. Airways and just kind of see. There's always someone that gets kind of screwed over in that. But at the end of the day, yeah. I know it sucks, and I'm sure if I was in the position, I'd probably be yelling at myself for saying this. But it's you got to come together and you got to realize that they're still signing your right. paycheck and you're still getting paid to do something that you love to do and that someone would want to do and kill to be in your shoes. Absolutely. And that's, and that's what keeps me going, you know, and that's why I try not to be, cause I, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm really, you know, cause coming from the old cop in me, like I've always been pretty outspoken and stuff. And, right. and I, you know, I've, I've got a, that's one of my own personal downfalls is trying to, trying to restrain that, you know, in myself and I've been working on it, but it's one of those things where, you know, yeah, everybody's like, you know, everybody comes from different backgrounds and, and we're all kind of seeing what's going to happen. We're basically kind of holding our breath. So, yep. I mean, yep. there's good and bad. This is my third, this is actually my third merger. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was that continental United back, even though we were on the regional period, it still affected our schedules and stuff. And then the, the whole Sky West um, acquisition of Express Jet. Yeah. And I understand, like I, I get the business aspect of it. I totally get that. I understand the business decisions and, and, 
you know, if you question yourself why airlines do certain things, but if you look at the business side of things, it's like, okay, you know, if you owned a small business, you know, you want right, to, sure. you know, send the fact that the cost, I understand that, but, at, but you know, don't do it at the quality of life, you know, don't affect adversely the quality of life of the pilots and the flight attendants. For sure. Definitely. What plane did you fly when you're flying the regionals? Uh, the 145 and the 135. 145, 135. Oh. Did you have a preference over which one you like? Um, the one the Amber 135 is a 37 seat little RJ and that yeah. thing was a fourth class. I'm I mean, sure. you could, it was, it would go because it, you know, however many le- fewer seats in the, than the 145, yeah. but the, we had the 145 XRs too with the winglets and we had the same engines as the uh, Citation 10. Okay. So we had Allison, uh, 3007 A1Es on the XR and you know, that thing would get up and go, especially cause we like to do, well, when we were told we'd do the ferry flights and stuff and we do these like high performance maximum thrust takeoffs. <laughs> and I mean, it would just, you could peg the VSI at yeah. 999. That's you know? awesome. So I love flying the PC 12 when it's empty. I can't imagine it would be like flying a, a 135 or just some crazy cool jet or like a 757 with empty, empty leg on a 75. That'd be incredible. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard a lot of jump seat stories from guys that have done that. That's yeah. like, man, you know, maybe someday. Who knows? <laughs> I know, right. Yeah. That's awesome, but, man. No, um, it, it was a, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed my time there. Um, you know, like I said, just, bunch of great people and and it's just uh you know i it was it, it was time to go yeah. and you know, the, I, the funny thing was i took a ten thousand dollar pay raise to go from express jet to state trooper at the, with the highway patrol oh wow <laughs> you know from airline yeah. pilot to police officer, it's crazy in arizona yeah. we're not even well police officers are not very highly paid and everybody needs to be making more money but right especially for what we did but you know it's it's one of those things where you know, I, like I said, I knew I wanted to get back into it. I just didn't know how. Definitely. Well, I'm glad you got back into it. I'm I'm really happy for you that you're with Virgin America and it seems to, to all worked out. I mean, I know it wasn't probably the route that you planned on initially or the one that you would necessarily want to do again, because obviously being furloughed, like you said, is a terrible thing and you never wish it on your worst enemy. But right. if you look back on it, I'm sure there isn't much you do differently. My next question was going to be, if you could go back and change it, what have you chosen to get your four-year degree? Or are you happy with not getting your degree? Because I know that's kind of a decision that a lot of people are making now because you don't. that's not necessarily as important as it once was because airlines and regionals are pretty much hiring anyone and everyone they can see, right? Right, exactly. And that's, I knew you were going to ask that. And it's a, it's a touchy subject. And I get messages every week from guys, you know, hey, should I do this? Should I do this? And I um, it's, it's completely up for interpretation because no matter if I say, yeah, stay in school, you're going to lose four years seniority. If right. you can, you can go, you know, whatever at a younger age. Right. Or, you know, if, if you, if I say, you know, Hey, go to the airlines, you know, there's going to be guys saying, Oh, well, no, you need a degree to get on with Delta. Right. You know, I get that. So each, each pilot, each person, um, needs to evaluate their own situation financially, you know, um, flight time, things like that, where they're living, if they're close to a major airport or what the hiring situation is with the airline. But for me and my story, I, I basically saved just under $200,000 in loans to not go to school and still become an airline pilot and eventually still make it up to a major. Definitely. So, um, you know, and, and I know guys, there's a lot of guys with a lot of loans out there, you know, that are still paying them back as, you know, as major airline captains. And it's like, man, you know, I'm, I, I just, I, that was my own personal decision. I wanted that seniority number over 
the college debt. Right. And I would um, agree with you. You can't make that decision for someone. That's what someone has to look at their own life and see what's best for them. Some people may have dreamed of going to college for four years and they'd regret not going to college and not having those experiences that you have in college. So you really can only make that decision on your own. I know that we can, we can guide you to making that decision, but at the end of the day, you have to, like we said, you have to kind of evaluate your situation. You have to see what's important to you and what you want to get out of life. I know we always talk about how seniority is king and how get into the airlines as soon as possible. But if you value life experiences and if you value other things other than seniority, you're still going to have a good career if you go to college. It's not going to be the end of the world. You just might get there four years later and you have to be okay with that. So you really just have to look at your own life and see what you want to get out of it. Absolutely. 100%, including, like I said, financial situations and, and, you know, anything that, that, that's in, you know, your family and any type of inheritance or anything that may be. I mean, everybody's situation is different, but, Definitely. you know, that's why, you know, I, if I had to do it all over again, um, I would have probably finished my degree, yes, but not where I was going. Right. Not at Embry Riddle. Um, no. And, and I, I'm, like I said, I'm not a, a very negative person, but my experiences there was, was, it was bad. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, it's one of the, and we actually, I was just listening to, to Chris's podcast too, right before we, you know, you had me on and, you know, it's, he hit the nail on the head. He basically said that, you know, if you don't do it their way, you know, if you don't do, you know, if you don't do jumping jacks and they ask you to do jumping jacks and stuff, I mean, <laughs> right. they, they make you feel like a horrible person. Yeah. No, I agree. But and there's no, you, just, there's hard to have fun when you're fully training in that situation too, because it's so right. mandated and so regulated. Yeah, and I took I took one flight on um, one flight on campus at Riddle, and I said I'm ne- never doing this again. And yeah. and I flew off campus ever since then. But you know, no, I mean, each, to each, like I said, each each his own, and and it's it's one of those things where financially college just did not work out for me. Um, and on the flip side of that coin, you know, FedEx, um, Delta, and ironically enough, Alaska actually require mandate a four year degree. Um, everything else is preferred. So American, you know, United, um, Virgin America, well, actually Alaska is doing the hiring now, so it's required, but, um, but everything else is preferred, but you know, same as Southwest is just preferred. They just relax that requirement because there are actually, there are more guys still that start flying at a young age and they choose to just you know, go to the regionals and then work their way up because there's such a shortage of every, I mean, I'm just preaching the choir now, but everybody knows about the pilots. They do. You know, in these, in these next few years, it's like, you know, they're going to be hurting for bodies in those seats. That they will. So yeah, it's not, it's not a terrible time to, to take the risk, but do know that it is a risk because at one point, I mean, they've gone through maybe not a pilot shortage like today, but they've gone through instances where they've had to hire a lot of pilots and it eventually dries up. So it's one of those things where you get in now and you try to get in as soon as you can. And if you don't have a degree, I mean, you're going to be at the bottom of the list. But the question is, and no one knows this, the question is, you're going to be at the bottom of the list for how long? Right. Is my point. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a gamble and it's a, you know, it's a gamble I chose to, to take. And it, it hurt me when I was furloughed. You know, I, I was lucky that I got on with NASA, you know, as a contract gig. You know, working at Moffitt with no degree, I think I was the only one there. But um, it is just it's 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 affected me adversely. But at the same time, you know, I was the second youngest out of three thousand pilots at the regionals at age twenty on the seniority list. That's awesome. You know, so but then I got furloughed. So if the furlough never would have happened, you know, who knows? I probably would have never been a police officer. Right. Um, probably, you know, maybe still be a captain now at, a, at the regionals or. Who knows? You know, it's just, it's a what if, you know, all it's day long. True. But, so, as we true. all know, like yeah. I said, I'm preaching the fire because, you know, everybody, 
pretty much has a good grasp on the industry right now. Yeah, you really can't make plans in this industry. And once you start making, I've no. had a grand plan to, to get where I wanted to go. And there's always been something that pops up and I have to change my plan or I just, it changes. But when I look back on what I've done so far, I've been very happy in my career and I've been happy with all my decisions that I've made. Absolutely. And you can tell that, and that's the thing with you. And that's, you know, that's another thing that I admire about what you have going on is that your photos not only just show perspective of what you're doing, they actually show that your love and your passion for what you do. Thanks, man. And, I that. you know, like, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm like such a loyal follower to your page and stuff. And it's like, you know, the things that, that you show and, and stuff is uh, there's things that I've never even seen, like your perspective and stuff from your planes and, and the weather and <laughs> yeah. stuff that you post. I, I literally, there's things that I haven't seen before. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate that, man. Absolutely. You know, and just, just know the respect I have, you know, is there for what you have and what you've got going. So. I, I tend to, um, I've gotten that from me and my chief pilot. He told me that if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen when I'm in the plane or it's going to happen to me while I'm flying. So I tend to, to get exposed <laughs> to things that some people haven't seen. <laughs> and sometimes right. it's, it's good and good learning experiences. And sometimes it's like, man, why did that have to happen? <laughs> and it's like, wow. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But, the other thing is with me, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm single, no kids, never been married, you know, nothing like that. So it's like, I, you know, I'm, I can travel, I can, you know, I can, I can, you know, have a couple of toys here and there. I got a couple of motorcycles, you know, and nice. you know how the segment with the pilots are, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, right. um, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't really have any obligations that keep me anywhere right. and I still live in Phoenix, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much the same town where I was, you know, one of the cops, I still live in the same spot, you know, and it just, it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, I'll be, see, I'll be 31 next month, so. It's a pretty, it's a pretty eye opening. Like if I sit here and look back as to, you know, what we did and, and the people that have helped me along the way, I still keep in touch with my first flight instructor, um, same first flight instructor. And, you know, he's still a flight instructor. He's, you know, the, the flight school that I first started flying with, you know, closed and we still talk, you know, I fly over his house every time I go into LA and it's it's super cool, you know, just a great guy. That's awesome. But without, without the, the help and, the, the help that I received, which is a lot, because I'm not the smartest guy, but I have received <laughs> a ton of help throughout my career, and I cannot thank everybody enough for that. Definitely, man. I, I definitely agree with you. The community on here is amazing, and I know we can quickly talk about how kind of what you do with your Instagram page and how you strive to help other people maybe in law enforcement or just wanting to become a pilot that have already chosen a different career, and you kind of help them make decisions and what they should do, don't you? Absolutely. And the thing is my Instagram kind of page or my Instagram page kind of shows that it's it's predominantly law enforcement photos and then boom, right to Virgin America. So I get, I get questions. I get, you know, people ask me multiple times every week. They're like, Hey, how, how did you go from being a full-time, you know, police officer to the right seat of an Airbus? And I've, I, I've never been able to really show that through photos because you know, I don't, I don't have any other form of social media, you know, and I, I can't put a bunch of old pictures back and, you know, backdate them. So right. my, my goal with my page is to show current police officers and current hashtag av geeks and plane spotters. And we all know who they are. They're, they're really good people that take incredible photography. Um, but current police officers that are just not happy in their current job, they're mad at their sergeants, they're, they're, they're tired of the politics and law enforcement, and they want something new. Guys that are still young, guys that you know don't mind taking out that loan and starting flight training. Because we have at Virgin, I think there's six guys right now that are all former 
full-time road officers before they started flight training. Oh, wow. And they're captains at Virgin. Yeah, and they're in their mid-40s. That's crazy. So it's it's definitely doable. And the thing is, if you want to change, you know, it's just go do it. That's my point. But that's kind of what my Instagram page is going for. You know, I spend a lot of time, like on my downtime, responding to these to these people say, hey, you know, I'm 16 years old. I'm so-and-so, you know, how did you get to the, how did you, you know, get with this? How'd you do the regional so young stuff like that? You know, guys that are in their thirties, you know, I'm, I'm working the road. I'm, you know, I'm tired of seeing the view out the side of the airplane when I'm flying in the back. I want to start seeing the view out front, you know, how, so I like to, I like to spend time and, and what I'll do is I'll send, you know, certain guys, you know, photos, you know, from like, you know, the airplane when I'm doing the walk around and stuff like that, just to kind of help motivate them. Right. That's awesome, man. and anybody can, it doesn't matter what your background is. I get, you know, for the, you know, a lot of the, the, um, medical conditions and stuff, the things that, that you can have waivers for, you know, I'm like, you know, just don't get yourself down. Always think positive and just keep aiming for the sky. Right. And I can so, kind of be a testament. No, I can't be a testament, but I've seen someone go from being a police officer to becoming an airline pilot. And now he, they fly for a regional aircraft or a regional carrier, but he was my flight instructor down in Charlotte, North Carolina that helped me get my instrument commercial and multi-engine commercial. He was a full-time police officer, kind of saw the writing on the wall, saw that he couldn't make the change that he wanted to make. And he got out of the force and he became a pilot. He went to ATP, got his stuff done and whatever ATP promises you can get it done really fast, became a flight instructor and went that way. And he did it relatively quick. So there's a way to, he did, I mean, it might've been like two or three years from, two years maybe from stopping to be a police officer to going to an airline. Absolutely. And that's, I don't want to say the name until you said it, but yeah, ATP, that's kind of what I, that's what I did um, back when I was 19 yeah. and incredible school. You know, um, if, if you have 120 days and you know, they'll, they'll let you defer the loan payments back. I mean, if you want, if you're serious about it, you have the resources, your family's on board, that's the place to go. Um, you know, some guys are like, well, you know, American flyers. And I mean, there's all these different kinds. Everybody right. has their own opinions. Yeah. So that's Everyone just, has that's their own opinion. Each flight school works for each individual person. You might not make it at ATP. Exactly. You can make it somewhere else, part 61, whatever you want to do. There are options for you to do it. hundred percent. And, and there's options for, for everybody, even if finances are, are kind of tight, you know, like, Hey, how am I going to get, you know, how am I going to get a loan for $75,000? Well, you know, understand that the money that we're going to be making as professional pilots now, that $75,000 loan in five to seven years is not going to be much money compared to what you're making. Right. You know, and that, and once, especially once you get up to the majors, the, the money is going to be there. The money will come eventually. So Definitely. it will come eventually. <laughs> right. That's, that's what we've been telling us yeah. for 40 years. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. One day I'll make the big bucks. <laughs> All right, Steve, I got some rapid fire questions here for you. The first one I'm going to ask is, or the ones I ask are just going to be very basic questions about aviation and just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. What's your favorite flight you've ever had? Oh, man. Favorite flight I've ever had. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of them. I mean, you're, asking a, you're asking a pilot that that's funny. I know, right? Um, flying to Catalina Island in a little Piper Cherokee, first time ever being there. Um, Catalina has this crested, curved runway where you can't see the either end of the runway. Oh, wow. So, so when you land on Catalina, there's 1500 foot cliff drop offs on both ends. Nice. So you got your downdrafts, your wind pad, yeah. but when you touch, when you touch down, you can't see the other end of the other uh, end of the runway. So when you touch down, you're coming up on midfield. It looks like you're going to go off the end of the cliff. Oh no. <laughs> so there are 
skid marks, at least back in, you know, 2003, 2004, there were a bunch of skid marks right at midfield because guys are on the brakes and they're locking up the tires hard because they think they're going to go off the end. Oh man, that's terrifying. Um, and then, so we, so we were on the brakes hard, of course, you know, the guy was flying with, you know, it was his airplane. He had never been there. So we were on the brakes pretty hard. So then you come up over midfield and you're like, you got what, 2000 feet of runway left. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, so thank goodness. That was, that was probably the coolest flight I can remember for, for general aviation. And then just, you know, just various other flights, you know, you know, lightning and good yeah. weather and, you know, river visual one nine in a DC. That's, yeah. that's, that's cool too. But yeah. Cool. What's the hardest check ride you've ever had? Oh man. Hardest check ride. <sighs> Chris was saying his, his, uh, his commercial. I have to agree with him on that. Um, <laughs> The, the commercial, the multi-engine commercial was a, was a pretty interesting ride. And I do have a, I do have a check ride failure, the single engine commercial. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a huge backstory behind it, but basically the, this was back in, you know, what, 2000, I want to say 2006 ish. And apparently, um, single engine commercial for the Cessna 172, um, the examiner gave me a pink slip for not, but not something to gas, even though I did. And there were two, you know, this was back when we could dump gas on the ramp. Yeah. Uh, two little puddles, you know, where he <laughs> saw it. But it turns out the backstory, he was an airline, he, I'm sorry, he was a regional airline captain um, and had a commute to make. So he scheduled, he misscheduled the check ride. He realized he wasn't going to make it. If he did this check ride, he wasn't going to make his commute home. So he pink with me. Wow. And, That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yep. And I was, I was, super bitter and just and needless to say ATP doesn't use them anymore but it was a it was a bad deal so yeah. that was the only check ride failure um but yeah the, the commercial the commercial check ride was probably the most difficult what was your favorite check ride or what was the easiest check ride the private was the easiest because um, okay. i soloed i soloed with about 150 hours on my 16th birthday oh yeah because you had a lot of time was, to, yeah yeah, it was just like another flight. So um, on my 17th, or actually like a month after I turned 17th when I got my private. So my instructor in Southern California, she was amazing. She was one of the nicest ladies I've ever met. Um, she actually, we, she said, hey, can you shoot an NDB approach in this airplane? And I said, well, yeah, because it had the, you know, all the required equipment. Yeah. She says, okay, let's go do it. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, no. You know, she says, this is non-Jeopardy. I just want to see if you can do it. So she, yeah. we shot. You know, I forget where it was in you know, like El Monte or something in, you know, SoCal. We shot a, a full NDB approach into El Monte and it was successful in my private pilot check ride. And I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> That's so wild, yeah. Just, the examiner, she just made it super lax and super chill and really That's awesome. Yeah. I know the private for a lot of people is kind of the hardest one because they don't know what to expect. So it's cool that you thought it was the easiest one. All right. Here's one. What is your favorite airport food to eat? Oh. <laughs> I wish they would have an In-N-Out burger inside yeah. of every airport. <laughs> man, oh man, I have an In-N-Out burger addiction. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Honestly, uh, maybe barbecue in, barbecue. in Nashville. Yeah, it's not a bad one. Yeah. What's your favorite airline livery? Can you say anything other than Virgin America since you worked there? <laughs> <laughs> well, we I never signed any non-disclosure agreements. There you so, go. That's um, true. My favorite favorite airline livery. I mean. When you're doing the walk around on a on any airplane, or let's just say the the 320, it's the color on Virgin. The color that's it's this this crimson red, and it's just the paint. It's got metallic flakes in the paint. When the sun hits it just right, you know the white is like a cream off white. I mean, I'm I'm in love with the Virgin. You know the the whole Virgin colors and the brand and stuff yeah. and and what it stands for. But 
Man, um, I honestly, my favorite actual livery is probably that all black Air New Zealand triple seven three hundred. Yeah, those are cool. That, like that those. flies into LA, and it's just it's it's like murdered out black with you know with the white you know the paint and just the, the contrast is incredible. But that's probably my favorite. Yeah. What's your worst experience with a captain or a first officer? <sighs> Put me on the spot. I know, man. <laughs> um, um, it's. It, as 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 FOs, we have to be chameleons. As you can ask any co-pilot out there, we have to we have to be chameleons to the captains. And I'm I'm really old school. You know, I'm a I'm a firm believer in captain's airplane and you know captain's life and captain's temperature and all that stuff. I yeah. get that. Um, it it's just you know com- being a chameleon to the different guys and and you know especially because of my background. You know, because as state troopers, we were very very independent we worked by ourselves we never saw our supervisors for you know maybe once or twice a week and that was it right so i hate to be micromanaged um you know i i always try to do the best job i can i try to follow the best airplane you know i I like to create art i like to create that that smooth flight you know um you just just be smooth about everything except you know real safe right but when when i micromanage about you know like say if you're sitting as a co-pilot for you know six or seven year ten year fo and you get this one guy that you, you know, you've never flown with before and he starts telling you kind of indirectly, Hey, you know, you know, are you ready for the gear? Are you ready for the flaps and stuff? Or put his <laughs> hand, you know, and, you know, that type of thing. It's yeah. like, that's the only thing. I just hate to be micromanaged. But the, the cool thing is Virgin, we don't have, I, I've never actually flown with a guy that micromanaged. I mean, again, cause they hire on personality. Right. I mean, the, the guys at Virgin are incredible. They're great pilots and, and they're really cool to hang out with, but that's, that's, awesome. just, that's probably the worst that's probably the worst thing I is when somebody tries to micromanage me. I could definitely see that. Yeah. I'm not for you. I'm just saying like for me too, just being micromanaged. Cause you know, you can fly that airplane, you know what to do and you know when to do it. Right. Here's exactly. what, what's something you wish you knew before becoming a pilot. Oh man. That I was going to get furloughed. <laughs> that furlough um, happens. Yeah. And, and you, and that's the thing I've talked to a lot of guys and they say, well, you have to assume it. you know, any good pilot, they say that's been, you know, what is it? What's the joke on your what third or fourth wife and your what second <laughs> or third furlough? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're not a true airline pilot, but anyway, no, it's, it's being furloughed. It's, if I, if, you know, they were hiring 85 guys a month at, you know, when I was hired in 2007. Yeah. And it, if, if that writing was on the wall, I don't know if I would have either gone to that company or pursued that continuously, but if I would have known that I would have changed other plans. Yeah. But you know, stuff happens and you gotta, you gotta adapt to overcome and, Aviation's all about adversity. And timing. Yep, definitely. All right, here's one. Who in the industry would you like to meet? Could be on social media, could be like Sully, could be your just your favorite pilot in general. So my my aviation hero is Colonel Paul Tibbetts. Okay. Um I met him before he passed away. He was an incredible guy. Um I actually met him at an air show and we ended up talking for like half an hour and he signed the he signed my book nice. that he wrote. That's awesome. Um, just, just an incredible guy. Um, in the industry, honestly, just it's the it's it's the guys that have the good attitude that always want to continue to learn. Like those are the people who I want to surround myself with. Those are the people who I want to meet. For sure. Um, you know, just on a layover in Palm Springs, it was what two nights ago. I met a guy, you know, from Instagram. We've been following each other for a year and a half. Great dude. Um, you know, he's thinking about going to law enforcement, you know, but he's really enjoying aviation. So we went out and, you know, had a couple beers and whatever. It was a lot of fun. So, um, it's, it's the people that I haven't met yet that I want to meet that have the good attitude that want to, you know, make themselves better and just want to keep learning. Those are the people I want to meet. Maybe not one specific guy, but just everybody in general. Definitely. I would agree with you. 
those people that love aviation or just want to continue to learn and don't think they know everything. Those are the people you want to surround yourself with. Exactly. Because like, you know, I try to learn from every guy I fly with, every single guy I fly with, I always take something away. For sure. Whether it's good or bad. (laughs) Exactly. Right. All right. I got uh, one or no, I got two more for you, but it's pretty much the same question. Just worded a little differently. What's your favorite airplane that you have flown and what's one plane you've always wanted to fly? Oh man. Favorite airplane I've ever flown is a 321 Neo. Okay. And we we were the launch customer. We flew serial number one of one in the world. Oh, that's and cool. It was the it was incredible. Um, it just the the way it it's just an incredible airplane. I mean, just I don't want to get into detail on it, but it's just a it's a it's a dream to fly. Um, it's just the whole redesign of the engines and the you know upgraded you know flight control systems and just awesome airplane. That's and awesome. then an airplane that I would like to fly. Um. And honestly, I want to fly the either B seventeen or B twenty five. Okay. Uh, nice. World War Two. I love World War Two history. Um, I'm a member of the Commemorative Air Force. Nice. And I go out and volunteer at the local squadron out here. Like I'll go sweep floors and you know clean airplanes and stuff. But, right. Uh, do what hoping you can. to start flying with yeah, hoping to start flying with them here soon. In the next you know couple months and cool and start flying the Warbirds. But That'd it's, be fun. It's actually it's an incredible yeah. It's just just being around that part of history and you know. Our CRC-47, our B-25, both have actually had combat damage from World War II that are in the logbook. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And, yeah, you can see where they patched the patch the frame. Everything's flying. It's all it's a full flying museum. That's really cool. So hopefully one day I'll be, I have the, the privilege and the opportunity to fly those things. For sure, man. That'd be awesome. And once you do, get on the, come back on the podcast and we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Those are pretty much all the questions I have for you. Um, I'm going to do a brief is there anything else you wanted to touch on at all i feel like we pretty much covered everything we have covered the whole gamut man cool. i just like i said i have a lot of respect for for what you guys do and Thanks, and man. i just i want to be approachable like on instagram i want guys to to come and have questions like you know when i was when i was younger i was you know 10 11 12 years old in southern california living i used to have an aviation scanner like those little portable scanners yeah and i to it i'd listen to the guys you know on the parrot remember back in the days like the paradise arrival into la before they re- rebranded everything yeah and it, it just i was listening to it and so i'd listen and i write down things that i didn't understand what they would say so i went and talked to my flight instructor say hey what does this mean what does this mean so, <laughs> he's probably like, I, I have mean, no idea <laughs> yeah but i want i want guys to approach me i want you know pilots i want the ad geeks i want the you know the, the police officers who are you know working their way on the road and you know i, I sure. want them to me and with questions i don't want them to say you know i don't want i want to be approachable is my point so i want to do my best and because we need more good people in this industry there is we need we need pilots and i cannot stress that enough to everybody that's listening to right now if you're thinking about flight training start flying right now definitely i would agree 100 percent all right, Steve, those are all the questions I have for you today. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking with you and learning more about your story and kind of how you didn't get a four-year degree, the reasons behind why not getting a four-year degree, and just your path to where you got today, whether it's flying for the regionals, getting furloughed, being a state trooper, flying secret missions for the military <laughs> with parachute jumpers in the back, and kind of just how you got to Virgin America. I think that this will really help people out, and I love how you want to give back, and I love how you're approachable, and how you want to be approachable. And if anyone has a question for you, they can follow you on Instagram, and it's a AZ Trooper, right? Yeah, Make AZ, sure like Arizona yep. Trooper. Yep. yep, AZ Trooper. If you guys have any questions, go ahead and reach out to him, and he will answer anything you want. So, Steve, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, appreciate you and, and, and having me on as well as I also appreciate all your listeners too. Thank you guys for your time. And like I said, just keep flying, stay safe and, and just do the right thing and, and, you know, have fun, wake up with a smile on your face and you know, go out and fly airplanes. Definitely. Thanks, man. Have a great day. You too, buddy. Thanks again. Aviation, that is a wrap of episode number 29. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode. If you love the podcast, like I said earlier, leave us a review on iTunes. Let me know via email. Head to our website. You can find it there. Also, you can connect with me on Instagram, Pilot the Pilot. I love talking with you guys. Love reaching out. Love connecting with Aviation. Guys, thank you again so much. I hope you truly, truly enjoy this episode and happy flying.